0: Greetings, listener, and welcome to Slow Motion Triple Feature, a podcast in which three friends watch three movies over the course of three weeks. Each month, we'll have a different friend selecting a different triple feature for their friends to enjoy and discuss. Slow Motion Triple Feature is one of the many fine podcasts brought to you by the American Friend Institute. Kit, tell us a little bit more about the American Friend Institute.
1: The American Friend Institute is an organization that honors the heritage of the motion picture arts. We produce educational podcasts about film, including Adam Sandler, A Life in Pictures, and have curated a jury-selected list of the 100 greatest films of all time. The American Friend Institute was founded out of our mutual disgust that The Exorcist was not on the American Film Institute's list of 100 greatest movies. It's also not on our list because no one nominated it. I think we all probably thought someone else would do it. So, no exorcist, but Tommy Boy did squeak in at number 100. According to the American Friend Institute, Tim Burton is the greatest director of all time, and the three best films in cinema history all came out in a one year period between 1981 and 1982, two of them starring Harrison Ford. Back to you, Mike.
0: Thank you, Kit. And now, on with the show. Good morning, listener, and welcome to Slow Motion (laughs) Triple Feature. I'm your host, Mike Keller, and today I'm joined by my good friends, Kit and Andrew. How are you all doing today? hello good hey um so tonight we arrive at the second film in kit's long-haired tom cruise triple feature which is interview with the vampire mm-hmm. the film was directed by neil jordan written by anne rice based on her novel and stars tom cruise brad pitt kirsten Dunst, christian slater antonio banderas and stephen ray i think ray ria Ray, something anyways it's ray okay ray Uh, Interview with the Vampire came out almost exactly 25 years ago on November 11th, 1994, a chilly moonlit night, much like Tonight. It was a very popular film, eventually grossing more than $220 million on a $60 million budget. It earned two Oscar nominations, one for Best Art Direction slash Set Direction, and one for Best Original Score, as well as two None for Makeup. Yeah, well, but... Okay. So it got two Golden Globe nominations, uh, one for Score... And one for Kirsten Dunst as Best Supporting Actress. And then at the BAFTA Awards, uh, it did. uh, It was nominated for Best Costume Design and Best Makeup and Hair. And it actually won Best Cinematography and Best Production Design.
1: Awesome. Was there no special effects categories, like, at this time? Because to me, it seems like the special effects and the makeup are unclockable to this day. And there is CG in this movie. I don't know where, but... I do. Where? Is it in the fire?
2: Uh, so there's like, um, the hair, I think. No, no, not the hair. The, uh, the statue, the statue's eyes okay. opening and closing. Um, I, I believe... I thought that might be a
1: real person, though. It looked real to me.
2: I don't think so. I, I, I get you, but I, I don't think so. It was very, it was very subtle. It, it may have been, um, it may have been, like, compositing some eyes in, like, it might not have been mm-hmm. CG, um, but I think... I think that the uh, when Kirsten Dunst and her f- fake mom get uh, burned by the sun. Mm-hmm.
1: I think. Oh, I think, like when the skin's kind of peeling away.
2: Yeah, I think like the ash, those the ash, and then you see the skeleton underneath. No, like, I think mm, no.
1: I believe that that's real because I read something about what's the guy who did it. I forget his name. Winston. But the
2: enti- the in- the entirety of it, even the skeleton under- underneath. What was it? Who's who did it, Mike? Stan Winston.
1: Okay. Yes. That, okay. All right. That if I believe it then. Never mind. Up, I just read about him researching like Hiroshima, um, oh and God. how people would, how that would, how people would be burned in that manner, oh. and so they, which doesn't mean they're all real or that they're not a mix of the two, but there's definitely some degree of practical element to that effect.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. I noticed like That's little incredible. touches of CGI, but uh, it seemed like the practical effects were really good in this, which. Kind of surprised definitely. me. Definitely, I thought it was going to be more of like a kind of uh, romance focused movie, but there was definitely some good monsters. Nice score,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. What one thing on the cinematography, uh, and I ca- I didn't have time to watch an entire movie to confirm this, uh, but I remember watching a documentary called Press Play Pause about like the rise of like digital everything um in art basically Mm -hmm. and uh there was it it kind of explores both sides of that and there's a section on color grading and i remember the cinematographer for interview the vampire talking about how like he didn't believe in like basically like like computer color grading and he just believed in capturing everything in camera so like that like so even even At the time when they're using like chemical baths, like his whole philosophy was just to capture it all in camera. So Mm. just just FYI, like there's not a lot of like post-treatment, even in a practical sense, going on with that footage. Like, yeah,
0: it's fucking it's fucking awesome. Uh, So anyway. Yeah. Well, with regard to the cinematography, like I I was watching it on Blu-ray and there are parts where it was like. Yeah, I watched it during the day. So there was like, you know, some light coming in from the window and stuff where it's just like super, super dark. But yeah, yeah, I mean, everything looked awesome. And I mean, part of that set design and all that, but just, yeah, the way everything was filmed, like Mm -hmm. uh, I could see why it won Best Cinematography at uh, the BAFTAs or whatever. Um, uh, So I guess we've already kind of started. uh, But for just general thoughts on the movie, uh, we started with Kit last week. So let's do uh, we'll start with Andrew this week. So, uh, Andrew, what were some of your thoughts on this movie? Had you seen this one before?
2: Yes, I have seen this movie many, many times. It is one of my favorite movies. Uh, Kit and I m- talk about this movie like at least four <laughs> times a year and become like just a little bit better friends every time we do. Um, my
1: sense is that this movie is not, it's not that it's remembered badly. It's just not particularly um, well remembered either, I don't necessarily think. And like, so I like talking to Andrew about it because I feel like he has the right opinion. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, it's funny to me because I was looking at some uh, reviews today. Not Well, I looked a review today, I should say, mm-hmm. um, from like the Irish Times or mm-hmm. whatever. And I mean, who gives a shit about what they think other than Neil Jordan is Irish. <laughs> right. Um, but, <laughs> but they were like, they were talking about how it's just kind of like this lifeless movie and how, which, oh my God, that blew I, my mind. Wow. But they were saying that like, Put, Making putting it putting it from the perspective of the vampires makes it not scary, and I'm like I don't I I think this movie has like horror elements, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's I don't think this movie wants to be scary. I want I think it wants to have things in it that are like, considered frightening, but, Mm -hmm. like, I don't, I don't think this, I think this movie wants you to connect these characters on a human level, not be frightened of them. Well,
1: I mean, the books are read by horny women. It's not by people looking to be scared, necessarily. I mean, there's obviously gothic elements (laughs) and really dark elements. Are you laughing at Giles?
0: Yeah, I'm laughing at Giles. (laughs) (laughs) There's a monster behind you, Andrew.
1: (laughs) Yeah, my dog's in the background burrowing.
0: Um, into a blanket. I had never. Um, there he is. There's there's Giles. Hi, Giles. Um, uh, for the listeners at home, Andrew's dog was on the couch behind Andrew, like digging through blankets and pillows. And so you could just see this big purple blob bouncing around behind Andrew.
1: Just kind of um, failing to <laughs> turn it into a bed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, I had never seen this before. And I was i had been curious about it for a long time uh, because you guys have talked about it a lot kit in particular i think has told me it's like oh you got to check it out but then mm-hmm. yeah anytime we talk about tom cruise or the 90s it usually comes yeah. up and uh i do feel like it was it was on my radar well before that also because i think kind of like you were saying it's not necessarily that well remembered uh kit but um i do think it's kind of like uh like it was it was a, like a mini phenomenon in the 90s right like This kind of like yeah and so well I've been to curious that about end. for that reason, yeah.
1: To that end, can I give mm-hmm. you a little bit of background? This, in some ways, you know, there are elements, elements of this film that remind me of Gone with the Wind, namely that I think it has the second best film performance of all time after Vivian Lee <laughs> in Gone with the Wind. But it's set in, you know, New Orleans plays a large role in it. Um, there's mm-hmm. a backdrop, kind of a secondary story about, like, slavery <laughs> and stuff. Um, but also because the casting, the process of casting Lestat was such a media phenomenon. There were tons of just kind of stories about who who would be cast, who was cast, who Anne Rice did and did not want, and kind of the goings on behind the scenes, um, much as with the casting of Scarlett O'Hara. So I did a little bit of research about basically the process of casting Tom Cruise. Um, And you guys may or may not know that uh, quintessential horse girl, Anne Rice, is extremely controlling of her characters. Um, So, like, she does not allow fan fiction to be written about her novels. um, I mean, to the extent that she can she's allowed to to stop that from happening. But she has like a posting on her website that says, uh, quote, I do not allow fan fiction. The characters are copyrighted. It upsets me terribly to even think about fan fiction with my characters. I advise my readers to write uh, your own original stories with your own characters. It is absolutely essential that you respect my wishes. And she's been known wow. to threaten legal action against fan fiction authors and like sites like fanfiction.net, for instance, will not host writing that's based on her work um, because she has said she doesn't want that. Um, so, you know, kind of in line with that, she was famously vociferously resistant to Tom Cruise being cast as Lestat. Um she told the Los Angeles Times more than a year before the film was released that Cruz was, quote, no more my vampire Lestat than Edward G. Robinson is Rhett Butler. Um, she wrote the screenplay uh, with Alain Delon. Is that how you say his name? In mind. Um, Who the fuck is that? Just like a big, hot French actor. So she wrote it with him in mind. But I think probably he was a little old by the time like the film was actually yeah. being made. So... After uh, when the film was actually being cast and in production, she and many of her fans campaigned for Julian Sands of A Room with a View. Um mm-hmm. after Cruz was cast, she fought for the studio to replace him with, in order from most to least plausible, Jeremy Irons, John Malkovich, Alexander Goodnov of Die Hard and Witness <laughs> and The Money Pit. The like the like the big terrifying... Russian ballet guy, yeah. Oh, with long God. blonde hair. And freaking robocop himself peter weller what oh, the weird. fuck now this is my favorite tom cruise performance yet i would also really like to see peter weller playlist that because i kind of think he could do it like it would be a very different movie but i just imagine like a homoerotic love affair between brad pitt and peter weller and that uh, <laughs> would be really fun um and a, i can see yeah i could
0: definitely see malkovich
1: uh, Malkovich, for character. sure. Yeah, Jeremy Irons seems almost like the most obvious, except yeah. he cannot do a southern accent. Not that Tom Cruise is really doing one either, but there's a little bit of like Americanness to him, which Jeremy Irons is not good at. Um, Alexander Goodenough, I, I don't understand at all. Um, <laughs> but so, a side note on the homoeroticism. So, in an early draft of the screenplay, Louis was changed to a female because Rice thought that there was no way that Hollywood would make. A, as gay a movie as Interview with the Vampire is. Um, and so she weirdly thought she could make it less gay by casting Cher in the role of Louis. <laughs> 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 um, and Cher actually wrote a song for that version of the film that was jettisoned when, you know, Pitt was cast. Um, and it's called Lovers Forever. And you can hear it on one of her albums from like 2013. Um Interesting. So anyway, so when it became clear the production was committed to Tom Cruise, Rice gave up trying to get him kicked off the movie and advocated instead for Cruise and Pitt to switch roles. Um, she told, she told, <laughs> she told movie Line in January 1994, a full 11 months before the movie premiered, quote, I tried for a long time to tell them that they should just reverse the roles. Have Brad Pitt play Lestat and Tom Cruise play Louis. Of course, they don't listen to me. In that same movie line interview, she said, quote, the Tom Cruise casting is just so bizarre. It's almost impossible to imagine how it's going to work. And it's really almost impossible to imagine how Neil, David and Tom could have come up with it. I have one question. Does Tom Cruise have any idea what he's getting into? I'm not sure he does. I'm not sure he's read any of the books other than the first one. And his comments on TV that he wanted to do something scary and he loved creature features as a kid, well, that didn't make me feel any better. I do think Tom Cruise is a fine actor, but you have to know what you can do and what you can't do. Um, so she was really <laughs> out there rooting against wow. Tom Cruise <laughs> while the production was happening. Um, so, so
0: real mm-hmm. quick to, to jump in or to interrupt. Right. Uh, like what, I, I didn't get a chance to brush up before we started. What were like the handful of films that maybe he had just been in before production would have started on this.
2: In nineteen ninety four, right? Ninety four? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: this this is ninety four. So like because uh, Top Gun was the, like late eighties. Like the firm. The firm and like, okay. A few good what, men. A few good men. Days of Thunder was a okay. couple years before this. So all all pretty macho kind of roles maybe.
1: Yeah. Well yeah. I mean if you're going back to like less than ten years, that's like uh uh the plain one. <laughs>
2: Top gun well, no. top, top gun was nineteen
1: eighty six right. but still, I'm just saying it's like he yeah. was and yeah, rain yeah, yeah. rain man. um he was but
2: top gun is also very homoerotic. so yeah,
1: he was riding very high <laughs> though, I think yeah
0: although I um, guess I just i I mean more I was curious because I think I can kind of see her point, oh, yeah, that if those were the roles he had had, but obviously he's he kills it in this.
1: But. Right. He yeah. definitely he definitely already had his I mean, I don't I think he his reputation was of like a heartthrob and kind of an action-y sort of like military kind of guy. Um not a gay vampire. Um <laughs> so however, so once Anne Rice <laughs> actually saw Cruz's performance, she was thrilled and has spent the better part of 25 years making up for how badly she misjudged him. <laughs> so she wrote to her fan club shortly be- shortly after the film debuted. Um, quote, from the moment he appeared, Tom was Lestat for me. He has the immense physical and moral presence he was defiant and yet never without conscience. He was beautiful beyond description, yet compelled to do cruel things. The sheer beauty of Tom was dazzling, but the <laughs> polish of his acting, his flawless plunge into the Lestat persona, his ability to speak rather than bold, his ability to speak rather boldly poetic lines and speak them with seeming ease and conviction, so fucking true, were exhilarating and uplifting. The guy is great. That Tom did make Lestat work was something I could not see in a crystal ball, but it's to his credit that he proved me wrong. And then, yep. go That's ahead. That's interesting.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. there's two two thing two things I wanted to say. One is I think the swapping of Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise is an insane idea. Yeah. Because thinking just thinking about like Brad Pitt's career prior to this and Brad Pitt's career after this, like he yeah. plays he plays two things mainly before this, the occasional stoner, and and then and before and after this just every character is a sag, sad sack of shit. Like that is, that's his entire filmography mm-hmm. is Brad Pitt's sad sack. Um, and like, like Lestat's like a big character. Yeah. I, I, oh, that's insane. And then the other thing I wanted to say was it's interesting to me, well, this is a case of the author doing this, but I was just thinking about another case of like Tom Cruise, like people being like vehemently against his casting. Mm-hmm. And then once they see it, they're like, oh, it kind of works, which was Jack Reacher. Like, I remember that was like a he's huge time. Yeah, because he's a tiny boy. And I guess Jack, everybody says Michael Shannon should have pla- played him. Well, which I, don't know. I, I can't read the, disagree I don't, with that. Well, <laughs> I haven't read any of the books and I don't, I don't really give a shit. But like, yeah, of course, Michael Shannon's awesome. That's but like I'm just my it's like, Sophie's it's, choice. It's interesting. It's just interesting that I, I feel like people routinely, and I think we will probably see this again, but I feel like people routinely underestimate yeah. Tom Cruise's acting abilities. Like oh, not absolutely. his dedication, not his whatever, like not his Tom cruise but like when it actually comes down to like him building a character performance, like not just playing Ethan Hunt for the ninth time, right. but like doing doing something a little bit different. People don't really expect mm-hmm. it. And I feel like he always
1: yeah. delivers. Well, and she goes on, she went on in that same newsletter to list her favorite moments of Tom as Lestat, and it basically is a breakdown of every scene that he's in. So (laughs) there's a couple of highlights. She says, Tom's bedside seduction of the dying Louis in which he offers Louis the dark gift. Once again, Tom gave Lestat the virility and the androgyny that made both him and the offer irresistible. He was near blinding. I would have accepted the dark gift from him then and there. Only Only an actor with complete confidence and conviction could have done that scene or any of the others. And then she says, which I was not even remembering what scene she's talking about here until I watched the movie tonight. And it's a very blink and you'll miss it kind of moment. But Tom riding his horse through the slave's fire and then turning the horse around so that he could face the suspicious mortals. That was on a par with Errol Flynn and Rudy Valentino. It was on a par with the opera greats who have played Mephistopheles. Only a genuine star can make a moment like that. And I'm as confused as to why, just as much as anyone in Hollywood. Let's close this one out with one word. Grand. No, I can't stop talking about it. (laughs) If I had to settle for one picture in this film, it would be that shot of Lestat on horseback, looking back at the suspicious mortals.
2: Wow. That's so funny. How how, How much fun was it for you to read every line? that she wrote about Tom <laughs> Cruise. Oh my Tom God, Cruise. there's
1: more, there's, <laughs> it is, if you're like a Tom Cruise fan, this is like pornography, yeah. um, especially since she initially was like doubting him. And she actually went on to champion his interpretation of Lestat over say like David Geffen's who produced the movie and she, in the mm-hmm. same newsletter, she says, I'm puzzled by what seems to be a discrepancy between the way Tom played Lestat and the way my hero producer David Geffen and others have described Lestat as a character. Did Tom on his own make this role a little bigger, brighter and more complex than anyone else? else realized it could be i don't know david Geff- geffen called Lestat nasty and when he was when he was interviewed by barbara walters nasty i don't get it and as recently as 2014 um, at a live event she said that the mystery of tom Cruise. basically what we've been saying The mystery of Tom Cruise is that he's actually a much better actor than people give him credit for. And he's very conscientious about what he does. And he really got Lestat and brought that star power that he has to my hero. And when I saw the movie, I was just knocked out by what he did. I felt I was watching my character up there. And then she also said that Brad Pitt was successful, which I don't agree. But (laughs) it was because he hated the movie and hated everybody and didn't want to do it, as we hear. But that translated as Louise's melancholy and angst about being a vampire. And actually, Brad Pitt has confirmed that as recently as 2017, he told Entertainment Weekly that he basically got overshadowed <laughs> by Tom Cruise. Um, for fucking sure. Like he said, the list, he uh, there's the Lestat character, and he uh, in the movie they took the sensational aspects of Lestat and made that the pulse of the film, and those things are very enjoyable and very good. But for me, there was nothing to do; you just sit and watch. And I just think, oh, boo, fucking who, Brad Pitt? I've never read any of the Anne Rice books, but I know that Lestat is the most important character in all of them.
2: Lestat's like the only, is the character that carries through all of them, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Like the Vampire Chronicles are about Lestat, Lestat, not not Louis. Right, okay. Oh, man. And yeah, Brad Pitt, I mean, uh, that is one thing that I definitely came away with on on this recent viewing, was just, you know, like looking at it more closely, is like Brad Pitt is just... He's so kind of boring in this movie. Yeah. I mean, he's fine, but like, there is definitely a sense that when Lestat exits the movie for Ugh. like a solid 45 minutes, an the, hour, the air, <laughs> an hour, Jesus. And then the air just kind of gets sucked out of the movie. Yeah. And then, and then I, and it, and like there's stuff in there that's cool. I mean, like, like Antonio's fine and Stephen Ray is kind of kooky and fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it's it, the the movie gets for me, the movie gets like really, really good again when Louis run like f- finds Lestat living yeah. in like that, like, uh, derelict house. And like, that's like, I love seeing that other side of because at that point, like, Lestat's been like living off rats or whatever and is just like very mm-hmm. weak and, uh, and he's afraid of Louis.
1: Yeah. Um, when he scoots so, the like, chair away, like totally. After, like, oh, barely being able to, like, he's so creaky and old, and then he just, like, skits f- away from Brad Pitt. It's so I cool. I love that.
2: And then even, like, when he's, like, when Brad Pitt's, like, kind of, like, crossing, uh like, crossing the the frame or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you just see, like, you just see, like, his, Tom is just, turned. like, slowly, he's rotating yeah. the chair with his, I love it. It's yeah. great.
1: Yeah. I thought it was, whenever I watch this, it, it kind of, I like Brad Pitt. I think he does, I think he's at his best in this movie, like the couple of scenes where he gets to be kind of happy or energized in some way, like when he's just hanging out with Kirsten Dunst and asking her if she wants to free the birds, like, and he has a little bit of like pep in his step of some kind, Um, which makes sense because if you think about like, what do you love to see Brad Pitt do? It's like Inglorious Bastards or Ocean's Eleven where he's just kind of like a little cool ball of energy, kind of, always moving, always doing stuff, and not just staring blankly at shit like he does in Meet Joe Black, which I think is his other, like, worst role that I've seen. And he can't do accents. The
2: dude is a character actor. He's a character actor. He is trapped in the body of an That's angel. a really hot guy, <laughs> <the> problem. <laughs> yeah. Problem.
1: Yeah, but I think, yeah. inevitably, like, I end up com- comparing Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise and I watch this, and I think... It's like, at this time especially, I think maybe Tom was a little more advanced in his career than Brad was at this time. Um, But, like, both of them- A little bit. A little bit. Both of them started as, like, heartthrobs and are kind of considered the most beautiful actors of their generation and its biggest movie stars. Um, And I think it's fair to say that they are also kind of- I mean, in a way, I would say Brad Pitt less so than Tom Cruise now, but they're both kind of underestimated in terms of- what they can do are considered to have narrow ranges. um, And they are often cast in like ultra American, like masculine military action spy kind of roles. Um, But I think both want, like both are think of themselves as real actors and they want to like play kind of broader types and things like that. But it's really, it's like, I think this is Tom Cruise's best role and it absolutely proves that if he weren't so beautiful and such a great action star he would just be like a character actor but Brad Pitt doesn't pull it off at all like they're trying to do the exact same thing not the same character but the same kind of thing relative to their careers and I think Brad Pitt is quite bad in this like he he doesn't ruin the movie but he does his best (laughs) to ruin it and like Cruise is just like, and honestly, like, it makes me appreciate Cruise more to know that the person he was acting with in most of his scenes was this version of Brad Pitt, who sucks and gives you nothing to work with. And it seems barely, barely able to, like, say the lines he's been given.
2: There's a really good scene. Oh, okay, Every scene, like the movie gets even better, I think, when Kirsten Dunn centers. Oh, for sure. um, (laughs) And and it's like. The scenes specific, I mean, it, it brings up Brad, but whenever the three of them are in a scene together, um, I feel like Brad kind of starts to drop off. Like uh, there there was a scene, I can't remember which scene it was exactly. I bet I know. There's a scene where like Lestat and, and Kirsten Dunst's character are basically like sparring. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and I just noticed in the edit, like, because you know they shot coverage of all three of right. those motherfuckers like Brad Pitt just dro- is just fucking yeah. dropped from the scene. Nary Nary a fucking uh reaction shot. Like mm-hmm. they gave him nothing because it's like there's no point like all of the energy, the entire right. soul of this scene is in the two of those actors.
1: <clears throat> well, and they give like like Brad like Brad Louis is supposed to be the character who is like long suffering and which is I mean admittedly not as fun a character to play as Tom Cruise gets to play for sure but even though that's like Louis's whole deal I get a sense of Lestat's long suffering so much more throughout the course of the film and those scenes where he's scared that Louie's gonna leave him and he's trying to manipulate them not to or when, he thinks that Kirsten Dunst and he have made up right before she's about to kill him. And you get a sense of how like, the only thing he's afraid of is being left alone forever. And like, I don't know yes. what the fuck is bothering yes. Brad Pitt, really, and I just think like Brad Pitt can't play like Inner Torment unless it's of the like 50s dad variety, but not of the like immortal <laughs> creature, you know, kind of way.
0: Yeah, with, with Pitt, it was like one of my notes early on was that uh, he seems very, pretty stiff in this. Yeah. Uh, and like I was expecting like, you know, he starts off and he's very conflicted about killing and like that's kind of his thing. But like mm-hmm. as the movie went on, he didn't, they didn't, in his performance, it didn't feel like they layered anything on top of that. Yeah. So it was, to me, it felt like maybe a combination of this is early in Brad Pitt's career. He's still, you know, because I think he's turned in some really good performances since Oh, yeah. This. But I also I thought it was a combination of he's kind of a rookie and like there wasn't necessarily as much for his character or his character wasn't going to be the one that stole the show anyways like this was
1: mm-hmm.
0: in terms of just maybe how it was even written right you know before for Tom sure. Cruise even enters the picture uh, but I do I agree kind of with what you guys are saying like well it's like yeah
1: I don't I don't want to see Robert Redford play a vampire either like there's or Paul Newman for that matter <laughs> like there's people who are like great actors who don't ever play these kind of like fantasy characters or like many like villainous characters. They're always kind of the same sort of hero and they're fantastic at it. And that's fine. Um, But in terms of, I just, I I guess they cast. see the thing is like, I guess they cast him because obviously he was super hot at this time and considered one of the most beautiful men alive, which makes sense for playing a vampire. But it's weird because I don't think he looks very good in this. I think, Like, Tom looks amazing, even though he's been, like, turned blonde, which is always, like, a dicey proposition. But Brad looks like Minecraft Fiona Apple is what I wrote because he's got that, like, square head. (laughs) And he just looks like the criminal video, like, with his super pale and, like, crazy eyes. Like, yeah, I, he does not look sexy in this. But, like, Tom Cruise does, I think.
2: Hang on. When did Legends of the Fall come out? Because I feel like. Right after this, I think. Okay, after this. I could be wrong. I was was thinking
1: 95. 95.
2: Okay, what about a river runs through it?
1: Let me see. Legends of the Fall. Legends of the Fall is also ninety four.
2: Okay, river runs through it is is ninety two. Oh no, I just
1: I feel ninety five. January ninety five is Legends of the Fall, at least for theatrical.
2: Okay, I just feel like I totally one hundred percent understand the thinking behind, like Brad Pitt, like performance and and Mm -hmm. the way he looks, like. But I, I, I just, I just don't think it, it just, it just was so overshadowed that it just, it just kind of fell but apart. He, like, he, he needed to.
1: I think his makeup looks is, it's, it's not that he couldn't look beautiful in this, but the makeup. It's like there's something about the way the makeup sits on his skin and his hair color. It just, he doesn't look real and not in like an ethereal. He's a vampire kind of way because like Brad Pitt doesn't look like an, or sorry, Tom Cruise doesn't look like a normal human either. But he. He manages to like emote through his contacts more so than like Brad Pitt does.
2: Is that Brad? Is that Brad Pitt's real hair? Kit? <sighs> he has long. It looks. He, a,
1: he had long it looks hair at this lot, time.
2: It looks a lot more real than Tom Cruise's.
1: He had. He had long hair at this time. I would still okay. guess that it's a wig though, because the hairline okay. looks weird and poofy but i don't know why they would do i don't know i think however i think tom Cruise's wig is really good it's very i mean turning a guy with dark brown hair blonde is always gonna look not real off. yeah um yeah but i think he looks great
0: <laughs> yeah no i I would, I would agree i think uh I, I really i didn't think that much of it that's not something i usually notice in movies is like you know you always talk about, like, wigs and things like that. And, like, <laughs> I, unless it's really bad, I'm not going to notice. Uh, but at no point was I thinking, like, oh, Tom Cruise is wearing a wig. I did think that the blonde hair kind of lent itself to he's a vampire. You know, like, it mm-hmm. kind of is like a, uh, I mean, you know, a lot of vampires would have dark hair and kind of have that look to them. But just, like, it kind of looked like the color had been drained out of him, like, yeah. you know, in that sense. Um, well, but he yeah, definitely I, looked
1: more foppish, too. Like, he's a dandy. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, and I guess maybe it also, you know, because he was an older character than Brad Pitt. Or, you know, his his character was however many, I don't know, a century or two older than
1: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: Brad Pitt. But uh, so, yeah, more of that time. But no, I didn't think too much about that. I thought all the costumes in the movie uh, were pretty cool. Like, And I liked Mm -hmm. how, as they would change like time, you know, they would change eras or they would change different locations. Um, I thought that was kind of fun to keep up with. And uh, I really, honestly, I could have stayed in New Orleans for the entirety of this film. Me too. Uh, Like, Yeah. Which I guess yep. mostly we are there, but I just mean like that, uh, that first era. I don't know what mm-hmm. is this, is this, I guess seventeen nineties. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought that all looked so cool. And, um, yeah, like when they would go into town to like find some victims or something, it's like, Oh, this is, this is neat. Um, I loved, yeah. uh, like Tom
2: Cruise's like Coke nail blood thimble.
1: I know all the little tools and things that they have. It's like that's such a it (laughs) makes it feel like such a fleshed out mythology for them to have all of those things.
0: Yeah, Um, that was a something I had in my notes, too, uh, was see, how did I put it here? Um, I was curious, I I guess maybe this is something you might have read about Kit or just how Anne Rice came up with like her vampire lore, because like like crucifixes didn't bother them. Coffins were necessary. Fire killed them at one point he cuts uh, Stephen Ray's character in half and it seems he he may have just like left him for dead in the fire but it seems like being cut in half with that scythe was enough to, mm-hmm. to kill him like yeah like I don't know I felt I'm trying to think that the vampire lore it was different a little bit than your classic mm-hmm. but uh I don't know I, th- I guess it worked
1: I think well I'm the book I haven't read them but I'm sure they have a lot more detail too like I don't know if you yeah. picked up on. It seems like Kirsten Dunst's character can't make herself a companion. Like there are certain limitations she has because she was turned as a child. Um, it's See, inter- and I, mm-hmm. I wasn't
0: sure if that was just that they hadn't showed her how to do it, so she was not even capable of doing that.
1: I think no, she was. She was, she was she not. Was, capable. She wasn't strong
0: enough. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: She she literally says, "I'm not. I'm not strong enough to do it." Okay. and She asked Lily yeah. to make her
0: the the mom character yeah. I like well, that I th- when uh, when Tom Cruise turned her like she like latched on looks and he at had to, like, him yeah <laughs> <pull away>. yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's so she's great funny. but she was really they, good in this they um yeah it's amazing you love her and you haven't seen this yes. She's so good in it
0: there's a lot of the very early Kirsten Dunn stuff that I haven't seen like uh, um
1: yeah I th- I think it's pretty common in like You know, vampire like vampire lore from let's say the 80s on to be like oh all of that stuff about garlic is bs or whatever like even buffy kind of Uh does that at certain things um twilight does that where it's like oh we don't dislike the sun it just makes our skin sparkly and then people would know we're (laughs) magical like oh and twilight cribs so heavily from this like the whole like antonio banderas's whole coven Yep. If that's the right word, is exactly the situation that like Bella with that whatever Sheen, they're called. Yeah, the Volturi. Oh, the, and the and even the crime for which they're which which they're accused of is um just like the same turning turning a child. They think that they like they think that Bella and Edward have turned their child, but that she's a natural birth or whatever, um, and that killing a vampire is like a crime and all of this stuff is like straight out of um, I think what's what what you were saying earlier about I mean obviously yeah this is like on the gothic side of horror where it's also like a romance in a lot of ways but I think conceptually it's very it's it's really horrific to me like the whole once the movie does like just just spring to life, even though it's already been great because Tom Cruise has been there. The movie, like when when Kirsten Dunst get, gets introduced, like that little montage of her killing people is like, the editing is like so peppy and great and it's, it's so efficient. Yeah. It's awesome. It's
2: one of my favorite sequences in the whole movie. Yeah,
1: but it's <laughs> yeah. that the concept of her is like, that is a, Very, it, it's frightening yeah. to think of. It's,
2: it's very, it's very sad. It's very sad. It's really sad, like the, and it, it's it's interesting to me that the only time, like, I really feel like the like the only time you see like a like a naked woman in this movie, it's 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 not mm. sexual in the least bit, right? It's just her pining pining after the you know the fact yeah. that you know she'll never she'll never get to be a woman, <laughs> yeah. right? It's really, really sad. And
1: it's I mean, and they're tiptoeing through extremely dangerous themes, you know, for like a mainstream film that like they murder a girl, a little girl. There's like, she has a sexual interest of some kind in Brad Pitt, even though she's constantly calling him father, um, they sleep together and she's a, she is a little girl, but she's playing a woman in her 30s, like all of these things are, and I think they handle it really well and part of it is just having an actress, that, uh, like a little actress who's that good at showing a shift from being a little girl to being an adult woman trapped in a little girl's body.
2: I think like all of those, I think, yeah, it's this, it's very shocking for such a mainstream movie. Um, and it all lands pretty well. And like, I don't think that like dwelling on any of these things like anymore, like, like, I don't think making Mm -hmm. an entire movie out of out of Kirsten Dunst's character being sad she can't grow up and like, that wouldn't be any, right. Like, that wouldn't be more interesting. I right? agree. Like, I think, I think they get they get what we need out mm-hmm. of the concept.
0: Yeah, I, th- I thought it was cool as well. Like, um, it starts off when it's just kind of Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. There's a lot of it is, uh, there's kind of this, like, eroticism to it. Like, whether mm-hmm. it's the homoeroticism between them or just the eroticism between... They're victims that they find like it's, you know, a prostitute mm-hmm. or it's, you know, and there's always like something kind of sexy when they bite the lady's neck and, you know,
1: mm-hmm. she
0: drops her head back or something. Uh, so, yeah, I thought the introduction of Kirsten Dunn's character, which I from what I could tell, it was kind of like Brad Pitt pitied her so much that he was like, it would be better for me to take her life than to let her live right. without her mother. who's just like, uh, you know, once they turn her into a vampire, like mm-hmm. it, uh, it developed further. You know, the vampire wasn't just an erotic figure now it was, uh, you know, well, what if a kid is, you know, turned into yeah, a vampire and like, tragic. what would that be? Yeah, and then it would—it almost was, you know, expanded it to like a commentary on like the nature of a child uh, mm-hmm. and then, which then becomes tragic as she ages, uh, you know, mentally without physically aging. And mm-hmm. yeah, it just, it got really interesting. And I think you're right. Like it, it feels like very, uh, maybe taboo or risque uh, to have done that. But like the way they handled it was, uh, just way more interesting than I would have expected. It was like, mm-hmm. it turned out pretty cool. I mean, yeah. it turned out, turned out bad for her, but you know.
1: Right. Well, those are my favorite. The movies that scare me the most are not like the goriest, but the ones with an idea in them that then I can't stop thinking about. And Kirsten Dunst is like one of those yeah things to me that well, is just, and again, like how complex it go ahead.
0: Yeah. Well, and even the thing where Tom Cruise or Lestat says, uh, uh uh, god kills indiscriminately indiscriminately and so shall we um Mm -hmm. like as i'm watching this i'm thinking like that might be the most moral way to do this like like if you're a vampire (laughs) and it's necessary that you kill to live Mm -hmm. uh then like just randomly doing it might be better than you know stalking a victim or choosing them on some other criteria right well, and I
1: think I think Brad Pitt or uh, uh, Lestat like justifiably, even though there's like you say there's like an element of Brad Pitt or Louis is killing uh, Kirsten Dunst to kind of save her from a worse fate. But then mm-hmm. when Lestat shows up, he's basically like, "So all of this time, you're you refuse to kill, right? You know, a whole yeah. rich people who are adults, but you." T- like in about five seconds, decide to kill a little girl. Yeah. It's like, that's a great, it's true. That's a great yeah. point.
0: Yeah. And just it, it uh, I guess, yeah, through all these, I guess, yeah, the, yeah, the point to I was trying to get at was just like, they're exploring a bunch of interesting things, like with this mm-hmm. weird, like supernatural character that, yeah, it makes it a lot more interesting, like, mm-hmm. than just asking, like, if you had to kill, you know, what would be the way to do it? You know, right. I, I don't know. Yeah, well, anyways. and
1: often in, I think, vampire I don't, I mean, I'm trying to think about Twilight. I, I can't think of another, of other vampire lore where one of the, that the greatest threat to vampires is loneliness, like,
0: oh, yeah. and not yeah. being able
1: to find other people like them. I mean, like, Spike is lonely and Buffy, but not because there aren't other vampires around. But, like, in this, it's like, oh, if, when Lestat dies... We may be the only two people left, or if if Louis dies, Kirsten Dunst will have like no one who can take care of her, possibly. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that was really one thing I
2: did. One thing I didn't understand was um, because it seems that like both LeStat and then and then Armand are both they're both drawn to Louis because he like has some sort of like lingering. Humanity and, like, regret Mm -hmm. and all... He talks about his regret and all that. um, But I I don't... I don't understand... Was there anything, like, that happened that is supposed to, like, establish an understanding for how he's... Why he's different? Like, why...
1: Armand... Armand explains it. But for Armand, I kind of think it's the fact that he's surrounded by, like, idiot vampires and then you know and he can't find others who are on his level and then brad pitt comes in and he's not only clearly different from these other idiots but like like armand explains in a way that doesn't i don't fully buy um (laughs) that he can help armand survive longer because he is from a later time period and he knows how to be a vampire in modern times um more so than Armand does. I think that was the point he was making when he was saying you're a man of your age, sort of.
2: Interesting. Hmm. Okay. With, I didn't I didn't pick I didn't pick that up. With I, this, I thought it to ahead. me it just read that well, to me it just read that Armand was like basically bored with like his current roommates. I think
1: he I think he is. I think that's true. I think part of it is just the isolation of being a vampire, and the other part of it is like yeah. you know, compared to those other guys, Brad Pitt is clearly like more intellectual or whatever for and sure. and younger, but I think for Lestat, I kind of think all you need to know is that Louis is really pretty and and Lestat is bisexual. <laughs> you know, like I do think that's a huge part of it is that is that Louis is so beautiful. That's why Lestat won wa- and I mean, if you see the way like Lestat lives that he, everything, he surrounds himself with beauty, he dresses like, you know, a fop. Um, that's very important to him. To like, I think, like, I think Lestat and Louis are equally bummed out about their fate. And I mean, you, Lestat says, repeat, you know, every time he, or a lot of times when he kills someone, he says, I'll give you the choice that I never had. Which, you know, makes it sound as if he's like, this was a, I'm a victim you know, this is, I'm I not entirely pleased that, the, that this has happened to me. But the difference between them is that Louis is going to spend the next several centuries being sad about that. And he's sort of proud to, con, to continue to be sad about that. And Lestat is saying, I'm going to accept what I am and try to make the best of it. And part of that is seeing a hot man and <laughs> making him my friend forever.
2: I, I, I'm curious about the choice to like make it such a like like home like a homosexual story like I don't I don't
1: because women like that
2: like <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true
0: okay, cool yeah no I know all right got it oh no I, I, think I believe that was you. one of my first uh, okay. notes was that this must have been like catnip for women in the mid 90s like you got Tom Cruise you got Brad Pitt they're mm-hmm. sucking on each other's necks they're all yeah. dressed up <laughs>
1: I think the best acting that Brad Pitt does think, is when he's first sucked on by Tom and they're rising into the air and he's like, sort of orgasming. I'm like, <laughs> I'm yeah, all right. I get you. I understand what's happening but here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that's 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 also crazy to me though because like um, like this movie also is like it has violence and action and it's it's just straight it's. It doesn't seem to be marketed to like men at all, but I know I'm not making any grand point. mm -hmm. I just think it's interesting that this movie got made at all is what I'm saying. Well, Well,
1: for
0: $60 million, I mean, they spent a lot, they put a good chunk of change into this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ten
1: 10 million of that went to cruise. (laughs) Nice. It doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't feel like
2: a, like something that would be very easy to market is all.
1: I think the books were so popular. But maybe the book
2: was such a huge draw. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Her books were were so popular. It was very much like Twilight, where, like, Twilight doesn't have to bother to appeal to men. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, girls will buy the tickets. And I do think they were probably helping. I mean, you look at the casting of Brad, like, casting Julian Sands, for instance, not just because he's less of a star, obviously, than, like, than Tom Cruise, but he's much less known to men than he is... To women. I think maybe by casting Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt, that was sort of their chance to appeal to a male audience. Um, Makes sense. At least equally to a male audience because men want to, you know, fuck Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise also, whether they acknowledge it or not. Like you said, Top Gun is one of the gayest movies of all time.
2: <laughs> it's also <laughs> weird to me. I mean, I guess maybe this is less true. This is less true now, but like I are more true now but like I, I it's weird because I don't really think of like Tom Cruise as like a sexual being but maybe that's just like the last 20 years of his career um so maybe he was more of a sex symbol but it's like I don't I, I don't think of him in like a sexual like I think he,
1: when he was with Nicole Kidman like up until the point he divorced Nicole Kidman I think he was considered okay. I mean my mom is in love with Tom Cruise still yeah, as far I was, as I know
0: my my, maybe not my very first introduction, but like some of the first things I remember about Tom Cruise as a celebrity. Uh I used to watch the Rosie O'Donnell show, like after school every day oh, when I was a kid. I
1: know what and I know what you're talking about. She
0: was like, you know, she had like <laughs> the biggest that. crush on him. And uh I actually just watched uh probably a month or two ago. Well, maybe, I don't know, a couple months ago. My Tommy. The Yeah, yeah. Well, she had him on the show. I mm-hmm. can't remember if I shared this with you guys or her. You know, it was on YouTube. I
1: watched it recently.
0: Yeah. And so, like, you know, it's it's actually it's pretty awkward to watch, but he just, Mm -hmm. he's like the coolest, like sweetest guy on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah. And like, that's like, as far as like, you know, I was fairly young. And as far as like Tom Cruise, the celebrity, I think that might've even been before I was aware of something like Top Gun or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so yeah, I I, I have always thought of him as like a huge sex symbol and like that women Mm -hmm. are, you know, crazy about him and stuff. But weirdly, uh,
1: one of my notes is that I feel like this film is the greatest evidence that exists for Tom Cruise not being gay because <laughs> what <laughs> closeted action star at the top of his game would do this movie if he was trying to hide the fact that he was gay yeah and then hiding in plain yeah, sight well maybe then i think <laughs> the worst the 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 best evidence that Tom Cruise is gay is that Rosie O'Donnell has a huge crush on him
0: Oh, so does your mother?
1: Yeah, but my mom's straight.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't think
1: Tom
2: Cruise is gay. I just don't. I don't think Tom Cruise is interested in sex yeah. at all. I,
1: yeah, I think it's, if anything, asexual.
2: I think if Tom Cruise was going to try to bang something, it mm-hmm. would be, it would be movies. Yeah. <laughs> Not even joking.
1: Oh, you're right. <laughs> Or like a plane.
0: (laughs) All right. Sure. As the host host of this program, I'm going to get this back on the rails here. Um, I I had a question that came up when I was watching the film Mm -hmm. that you reminded me of when you were talking about their relationship uh, between Pitt and Cruz. At the end of the film, I wasn't 100 percent clear on what had happened Mm -hmm. to Lestat. Mm -hmm. So was it just the I don't know, but at that point, you know, century and a half or whatever it had been of loneliness or did it? Was it like being buried in a swamp and then like lit on yes. fire and having drank like dead blood? Like that weakened him so much that yes. he he was okay.
1: It, it, it weakened him. He remains immortal, but it weakens him to the point he's he's a lot like Voldemort actually, like okay, where he's not dead but he can't get what he needs by himself to make himself yeah. better. Um, what I thought you might ask and what I want to know is, does Louis know? That Lestat is gonna kill Christian Slater, and does he help him do it, or did Lestat just like follow Louis? Hi, I
2: Giles. think that's what happened, but there was no, there was like that's that's one thing that kind of bothers me about the end of the movie. Um, like, I'm happy that Lestat is not you know mm-hmm. decrepit anymore, but I don't I don't understand how he got from his deathbed to you know back in action, mm-hmm. baby. Um, and it, it feels so much more just like a like a kind of stinger, like just like a way to like end the movie mm-hmm. on an exciting yeah. note. Because like like Brad Pitt literally just disappears from mm-hmm. the movie, and that's it. So I think they just like needed some sort of ending, like just a final moment. I think it's
1: probably yeah. what happens in the book. I love it. Well, I do too because I'm glad he's back. It's not but just I that don't... though. I like the ambiguity of it, but what I choose to believe is that. Louis helped him like I I
2: don't think so
1: either Lestat was so energized by just knowing that Louis was in town that he was able to like you know drag himself out of his chair and kill some rats and then get because like he I think one thing about Lestat is that he's a fucking survivor unlike like Louis there's a part of him that's like he's conflicted obviously but he would be happy to die he wishes he could die whether he would actually embrace it I mean he if the chance was given who knows but Lestat don't want to die. <laughs> like he, yeah. he will do what he has to do to survive. um I hadn't,
0: I hadn't thought about like I, I kind of like Andrew. I kind of just thought of it as like a stinger, like oh, you know, Listat's back. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I like that idea of Brad Pitt maybe revived Listat by like I don't know. Maybe he was just kind of playing with Christian Slater
1: mm-hmm.
0: or like throwing it out there. And uh, the whole time the plan had been for uh, Tom Cruise to, you know. Uh, come in and kill Christian Slater mm-hmm. and you know well, take especially, the evidence
1: or... especially once Christian Slater is like turn me into a vampire please
0: right <laughs> that's a good Slater impression
1: thank you
2: <laughs> I think I think Lestat just doesn't want I think he's I think he's following Louis and I think that he just doesn't want the world to know that vampires exist because like yeah. then the party's over bro oh
1: yeah. I don't think so because I don't because no one's going to believe Christian Slater that a vampire exists I would <laughs> Just because it's Christian, Christian Slater. Christian
2: Sl- yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's very charismatic.
1: Uh, yeah. Is. You know who was going to play that role? Supposedly? Who?
2: Huh.
1: Oh, not who? supposedly. River Phoenix. And then he died. And it's like, there was oh, yeah. something about the film well, being dedicated to him.
0: It's at the very end of the Col- credits, I think.
1: Yeah. That is that is insane to me because it's like,
2: like you could, at that time, you could just Swat, swap, swap those two. them in twos. and out. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: <sighs> That's amazing. Another thing no. about the ending. Go ahead. That Guns N' Roses cover of uh, yeah. Sympathy for the Devil, that's terrible. Yeah. Like, I was laughing. I was yeah. like, oh, no. It makes me – it's fair. terrible
1: both because that is the most clichéd possible <laughs> song you could have at the end of that movie and that it's Guns N' Roses doing it. But do you know that that's yeah. the last thing that, like, the classic lineup of Guns N' Roses did together <laughs> was that, <laughs> no, was oh, that cover? <laughs> and then they dissolved.
0: I could kind of see why. It really yeah. – it sounded like a like a high school band of, like – Clean young gentleman wanted to just kind of let loose and cover sympathy for the devil. I hate
1: like, I hate sympathy for the devil anyway, but it's so much worse in that version. See, it's I, just yeah, such I like stupid I like choice, the original,
0: like the the Stones version.
1: I, it's just such a cliche. It's like you can't play that or um whatever the Vietnam one. Like give me give me shelter. Like you just can't put that in a movie anymore. Oh yeah. Like like well, I just
0: mean in general, I like that song. Sure, not necessarily. It's, yes, I think the if I
1: hadn't heard it so much and it weren't so played out, like I would like it more. I'm trying to, th- I was trying to think of like what. Maybe I'll make a playlist that is songs that they should have played at the end of Interview with a Vampire. That you last know, scene.
0: It, chronologically, this wouldn't work. But might I suggest uh, Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On?
1: Yeah, sure. It's better than Sympathy <laughs> Just, for the Devil.
0: It would have been a... That, Can yeah. it be sang by Guns N' Roses, though? <laughs> no, I don't.
1: Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, they all have to be by Guns N' Roses.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um,
2: okay. One thing I one thing I yeah. well, I just wanted to say one more thing that one thing I I really like about Louis like I like that they don't make Louis just like a straight up like good guy who's like struggling with the fact mm-hmm. that he has to kill people um, like Louis is not like a good person mm-hmm. like arguably he becomes a better person once he becomes a vampire like I mean they heavily suggested that he was like banging his slaves um and. He was like an alcoholic or a drug addict or whatever. He just he seemed like a real piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So and and I don't I don't necessarily think like that he becomes like a gr- like a great I don't know a good person while he's a vampire. But like I think no I don't know I just I think that's well, a much more interesting character than just like a good guy.
1: Part of the reason that I think that if Louis wasn't actively helping Lestat, he at least was maybe aware that this was a possibility like once he runs into Lestat that like okay I'm probably not going to shake this guy again um is that it seemed like part of the point with his whole saga with Armand was that he should have he Lestat wasn't so bad basically right like there are worse (laughs) assholes than than Lestat out there
0: yeah yeah the whole theater the uh the Vampire Theater. I can't remember what they called it. Like, Le Vampire Theater or something. Oh, I don't, I don't remember. Um, that was pretty, like, you know, like we said, it's not really a horror movie, uh, but that was pretty disturbing. Like, uh, it was That very, was really disturbing. very yeah. Bram yeah, Stoker's
1: scary. Dracula to me. Like, there was something at that time of just, like, these extremely theatrical, like, horror films.
0: Yeah. See, and I still haven't I love, seen that one, but yeah. I'll I, keep, I also, yeah, Mike. I, <laughs> I know. I, I, I love
2: that scene, too, because like the girl that they kill in that scene, like it's it's just like watching it as a performance on a stage. Mm -hmm. Like I could definitely see being like an audience member and being like upset by it, but But not not being compelled. Like it's it's interesting, like putting it, putting it's 10 feet in front of you, but it's on a stage. Therefore, Mm -hmm. it's not real. And I just have to sit here and watch it. I love that.
1: I first watched this. Um, on the, on a drive to California in our minivan and we had like a portable DVD player. Um, and I was like, I think it might've been a time period where I was watching like scary movies and stuff or a lot of vampire movies. And that scene, it really freaked me out. That part of the movie, like just her, her being like, you know, raped and killed and eaten, like on stage basically. Yeah. Like. That I, I might I don't I don't know if I turned it off but I was like oh this is <laughs> too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that part And where I they can't all... like tell my mommy that I'm scared or watching yeah. a movie with naked people in it.
0: <laughs> in a minivan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that part where uh, as they've killed her or after uh, Armand has killed her, uh, or yeah, either way, where all the black robed yeah. vampires like swarm in on her is so creepy. And uh, and that that whole, uh, that part reminded me of uh, 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 Titus, uh, the Julie Taymor film, where Mm -hmm. uh, Dante Ferretti also did the production design for that. But yeah, and it just, yeah, which is also a creepy and strange film. Well, and
1: such a, the the little choice that they made to make those robes kind of wet looking and shiny. Made them made them so much more like bug like and creepy when they were attacking her. It's awesome.
2: Every time something's wet,
0: I just don't trust it. (laughs) (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Um, Let's see here. What else we got? So we've pretty much we've gone through the performances. Oh, another thing we haven't. uh, I don't think we've mentioned about Tom Cruise's performance that I had in my notes um, that obviously he was great throughout the whole film. But I also really liked the little flourishes where he was just funny. Um, yes. So yes. like, uh, I first laughed out loud when he he had the dead rat and he was kind of taunting uh, Louis, mm-hmm. and he like rings he's it like, out over the wine. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and
0: then he's petting it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Like that yeah. was great. And then also, they've uh, they're at the uh, bordello and they've trapped the prostitute in the coffin. Uh, they're kind of just like playing with her before they kill mm-hmm. her, and, and they he sits on look, it. And, uh, yeah, he sits on it. Well, and then he kind of gives it this like little like dainty little tap.
1: He he also like there's a line where he says when he comes into the sewer after Brad Pitt has thinks he's killed Claudia, and he comes in and and Tom Cruise comes in the sewer and he goes, All I need to find you, Louie, is to follow the corpses of rats. Yeah. And that's a dumb line, but the way that he does it, he's like so put upon. I also loved I made a lot of notes about the way that Tom Cruise uses his hands in this. Hmm. Like he it's go watch it a second time and just pay attention (laughs) to how he uses uh, his hands. It's so, Oh, Oh, there's also a part. There's also a line. I wrote down a couple of really good lines. Like when he says, um, he's mad at Claudia and he's playing the piano and like she comes in and it's when she's kind of trying to trick him so that she can kill him. Um, and he just kind of is playing piano. He says, "I'll tell you something else. I found someone who will make a better vampire than both of you." <laughs> like he's just like so petty and passive aggressive. Yeah. I love. I the character is so great. It's like so so close to the surface how much he actually cares about like needs them to love him, um, mm-hmm. and him kind of covering for that is so funny. And I love when she when he says. Um, like again, another line that's like a total cliche when he says, "Claudia, you've been a very, very naughty little girl."
0: Yeah.
1: that's like been in a million movies, but the way that he does it is so yes. good. It was so yes. scary. Yes,
2: yes. Yeah, the you know, little shakes so, of his head. It's, uh, yeah, he's he's. I agree. I think he I think he's so funny, and I think it's so it's so weird to me that like that's another thing that people don't really think of right when they think of him that he is funny. Yeah. He is so goddamn funny. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of uh I feel like which I don't even find this that funny, but like I remember when Tropic Thunder came out and like that mm-hmm. whole like his whole character and that, like people were absolutely shocked mm-hmm. that like yeah. Tom Cruise could be funny. It's like, guys, he's been doing this for decades now.
1: Have you seen Rock of Ages?
2: I never have. No, but I've seen the trailer, and I know that it's, he was funny it's, in that. It's
1: really, really a bad. It's a really bad movie. Really, really bad. But he's funny in it. <laughs> like he, so I he, it. he does a good job.
0: I had one note. Uh, just this was kind of a story note. So right at the beginning, uh, Brad Pitt drinks Thandi uh, Newton's blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's playing one of his slaves, and he drinks her blood. He burns the entire house down, and he t- tells all of his slaves that they're free. And literally all yeah. I could think was uh, the slaves are going to have a really hard time explaining this to yeah. like the locals. Um, oh,
1: yeah. He said we could go. We're good.
0: Yeah. yeah. So the house burned down. We're in the uh, he deepest of he, the deep uh,
1: south, but it's totally yeah. cool.
0: Yeah. So I don't think it. Uh, and yes, we
1: were seen outside cheering with lit torches, right. Right. but we did not burn down the house. Yeah. Uh, he just, they're all hanged. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: I also love that part. That's another great use of Tom Cruise's hands when he jumps through the window and he's just like the way that that he when 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 Louis stupid Louis goes and sets fire to the house and then he like, I don't know, passes out or something or just I don't know what he's going to do. But he like Louis falls down for unknown reasons. And then Tom Cruise jumps through the window. To okay. like save his ass. Yeah. Because apparently he's seen the house on fire. And he's just like, God damn it. My, like, you fucking idiot. And, but his, but I, what I like is that there's no real urgency to him getting Louis out of there because they're not, there's no threat to them. Like, they're immortal. They're going to be fine. So he just spends a little bit of time right. being like annoyed <laughs> that, <laughs> that he's done this. And it's yeah. so funny. And he does like this when he comes through the window. Like, he waves his arms in a really funny way. And he does the same thing when, um, When he yells, Brad Pitt wants answers or whatever, and so Lestat is, like, he screams and, like, like spit comes out of his mouth when he's doing this. And he just says, like, uh, why why should I have answers? Do you have them? And he, like, stands and screams and, like, hits the table and everything. And then the next line he does is, like, why don't you? come to Paris with me or no, come to New Orleans with me and he like puts his hands to his forehead and just like so perfectly expresses like he's talking to his wife or something and he's trying to like, to like get her to do something and like turn on a dime to be like very like, like get all of his immense frustration out of his system so he can just get her to get Louis to do what he wants (laughs) Um, and it's so, I love the elements of this, like even when, it never had struck me before honestly But watching tonight, when he's he's explaining to Claudia that, like, that Louis and I are your fathers, like, what a weird situation. (laughs) That is, like...
2: My two dads.
1: Yeah, like, these two (laughs) men are, and even that she keeps saying, like, you're my mother, you're my father, like, of, you know, of both of them. I love all the parts of the movie where, like, Tom, like, Tom Cruise is... Like a a husband or a wife, a spouse of some kind, like trying to accomplish something, and he just has this like dead weight that he's like dragging behind, him. <laughs> <laughs> like like is making everything more difficult for him. And he's trying; he can't just be a dick as much of a dick to Louis as he is to other people because he, you know, has to live with Louis basically. <laughs> so yeah. it's like I love that shit, and he does such a great job. There's oh, it's so good. He's so funny. I mean, everything, there's nothing that he does, really, that's not funny. Like, the character is a funny character.
0: I mean, it's For a sure. dark character it, as well.
1: Right, Even, but even when he's being scary. Yeah. Like, he's being scary in a very campy... Yeah. Like, saying you've been a very naughty little girl, or like, playing the piano while he talks about having to suck an alligator's <laughs> blood, <laughs> and like, right. all that shit. is like, it's so... It's well-written, too. Like, good job to Anne Rice. It's, she yeah. made a great character, but he also, like, performed the shit out of it. And even according to her, brought things to it that she couldn't even imagine.
2: Mm-hmm. It's crazy that we went from this to Stuart Townsend. Did
1: he play Lestat?
2: Yeah, and Queen of the Damned. Ugh. God. So in, in Queen of the Damned, uh, they don't really—I don't even think they reference Interview with the Vampire. But basically, Lestat has been. This, this is you're gonna love this. Lestat has been like asleep, like he's been hibernating for like mm-hmm. centuries, um, and the thing that woke him up is alternative rock.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> well, that's the thing I wonder is like the framing device of this story is also great, and I don't think that the other novels have that, where yeah. the whole interview idea. Gives it It such a classier kind of feel to it, whereas just like a vampire starting from like a vampire in a grave waking up because he hears a rave or something like that, like is not doesn't have the same kind of Oscar sheen to it, I guess.
2: And then Lestat starts a band. Just FYI. No. (laughs) (laughs) I swear. Does it take place in the future? Yeah, it takes place like uh, like now. (laughs) Okay, interesting.
0: Yeah present day is in (laughs) that right yeah
1: yeah
2: yeah. okay i remember when i
0: came out queen
1: of the damned i think
0: okay yeah i just i didn't know really what to make of that i don't even think i realized it was related to interview at all Um, yeah yeah i remember it being like
2: kind of marketed as like a sort of a sequel
0: okay um it's really bad well are we uh do we have any any other thoughts uh let's see oh one other thing i noted was that, uh, you know, they show little uh, little clips from Sunrise, which is another film that's on yeah. our AFI list. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I guess back to the effect Did you notice when he's walking uh,
1: out of the theater, you, I, it's playing Tequila Sunrise, which is kind of stupid?
0: Right. <laughs> tequila Sunrise rules.
1: But it's just I've silly. Tequila he tequila just sun. goes and sees movies with the word <laughs> sun in the title. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that is pretty funny. Um, I did laugh at that. Okay.
0: Yeah, I think that was the extent of my notes. Um, Andrew or Kit, mm-hmm. did you have uh, uh, any other things that we haven't touched on yet that you wanted to discuss, or things that you noticed or um, enjoyed or didn't like? Just
1: that the the part where his blood's like draining out of his neck and he's kind of like becoming a husk of a man was so that looked so amazing.
0: <laughs> With uh, Tom Cruise.
1: Yeah, and it is like an animatic oh. or something yes. part of it.
2: Yes, yes, that see that I thought was was some sort of CG too, like because it it was clearly him, and then like like his eyes go white and like his skin becomes like a hard and blue almost. But yeah, that was really that was very. Fr- I found that to be very frightening.
1: But I think <clears throat> it's an animatronic. At some point, I think it shifts to. Okay,
2: yeah, that's well- incredible. That, that's incredible.
0: What part was this? I do remember thinking at one point they had an animatronic Tom Cruise. This but. is,
2: this is when she, uh, when she cuts his throat. Okay. Like after yeah. he drinks the dead blood, and then he's like choking, and she comes up behind him and cuts his throat, and there's just like a pool of oh, blood, yeah. and he's just, just kind of choking. That was If you really Google,
1: cool. if, if you Google like Tom interview with the vampire animatronic, you can see like Stan Winston's studio with the different like progression of faces. Oh, cool. That Damn. Damn! Damn! Damn!
2: That dude is—he—he is is missed.
1: It should have—it really should have won something. It's so—it's such a god. It's a—it's. I love how I like how restrained the progression is. Like his skin doesn't melt off or anything; it just gets tighter to his face. You see -uh. more of his fangs. It's really scary.
2: But it totally, it's totally like in the same, like, like just thinking about it now, like it's totally in the same like, like wheelhouse as like the um, American Werewolf in London transformation. Like, mm-hmm. it to- like I can totally yeah. see like, n- like just in how in in how much ground they can cover in one shot. Just like how much he could accomplish, yeah. how mm-hmm. much of a transformation he could accomplish in a single shot. Mm-hmm. It's
0: incredible. It was really cool. And actually, and with regard smooth. to that scene, uh, I really liked it was it was just weird. But like how much he bled and how the pool of blood just kind of crept up on their feet. And then Kirsten Dunst, just, like looks at Brad Pitt. She's like, lift me up, like put me on a chair like she didn't yeah. want the blood to touch her feet. Yeah, which I didn't really understand, like what was going on, like why there was that much blood. But it was still just like, oh, this is creepy.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's interesting. It's like, does he mm-hmm. have is the, is he bleeding more because he's a vampire? <laughs>
0: I, yeah, like, I had no idea, he, but I, I mean, I would maybe, yeah, he was, it's, I, drinking all whatever water water, the it reason, your, you know,
1: it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Also, I found one of the heads that has sold at auction. How much? For $1,700. 1700
2: Oh, that's so, so
0: little. We,
1: we could have <laughs> done sure. that.
0: Week week, the three of us, if we teamed yeah. up, we could own one of these Tom Cruise heads. Yeah this is a perfect time to mention our patreon so please make sure you get on uh, patreon and give us the the five dollars so we can buy tom cruise's head from uh yeah we will
1: we that is definitely what we will be spending it on
0: (laughs) we don't for the record we do not have a patreon at the moment but once we hit it big we will so get ready Uh, all right uh well let's do our uh what did uh (laughs) hit what did this film teach you about friendship
1: Oh, I mean, it's a movie about friendship.
0: It is. Um, is. It's very appropriate for the podcast.
1: Yeah. What did it teach me about friendship? I mean, the kind of vampiric nature. I I do think Lestat and Andrew have something in common,
2: which they they really (laughs) you really
1: can't leave them ever. Yeah. Like he, if (laughs) I he Andrew would definitely crawl out of a bog. (laughs) <laughs> or swamp or whatever you know, to continue actually, hanging out with us
0: <laughs> this reminds me uh back when i lived in portland i was hanging out with andrew and uh i went to the store to uh i just went to get some dinner it was you we were just hanging out one evening and i was gone for like maybe 20 25 minutes and when i came back andrew was sitting in the dark in his chair he was totally slumped <laughs> over uh pretty much exactly like tom cruise when brad pitt returns uh you know to, to new orleans at the end of the film uh and he just seemed to have the life fully drained out of him and he was just he he's just a, he's a very good friend and he just really missed me i guess but uh, <laughs> it was interesting mm-hmm. lots of parallels yeah uh, i wouldn't
2: say that i learned anything about uh, friendship i would say that i it, it was more just affirming yeah and that you you can you can force people to love you and that's okay
0: yeah <laughs> all right well it sounds like we all learned a lot uh um, well, what,
2: wait what did you learn
0: Oh, uh, I learned that a good friend is hard to find. That's that's what I learned from the film. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, and now it's time for our reoccurring segment, the Cruise Minute. Um, we will be, or yeah, the question for the Cruise Minute this time is, uh, uh, what would we, what type of a comedy would we cast Tom Cruise in, or would we see him like really uh, excelling at?
1: I mean technically I think Jerry Maguire is a comedy.
0: Okay. For sure. I've it's never a seen comedy. Jerry Maguire. Lots of movies. I've seen,
1: seen it. it. I do not like it at all. Ugh. My, Ugh. my mother loves it. My sister loves it. And I think August really liked it too.
0: <laughs> is he funny in it? That's insane. Yeah, he is funny okay. in
1: it. Uh yeah.
2: Yeah. See, I feel like we have to watch that. Is it insane like that it either, I don't like it or like that everyone so does like about. it? No. No, I think it's I think it's insane that anyone likes that movie.
0: We well,
1: yeah, okay, yeah I mean, we should watch I, it.
2: I hate Cameron
0: Crowe. Just uh, you know, find a way to work it into a triple feature and we will get to it. Mhm. Yeah, maybe that'll be next.
1: Bad Tom Cruise movies. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, there you go. Well, we already did Legend, so.
1: Tom-coms. Tom Coms. <laughs> Tom.
0: Nice. Also so, good. Also good. Jerry Maguire, Night and Day, and what would be another?
1: 9 Tom Days Com. Good. It's it a fun movie. Cool.
0: Yeah. Cocktail. Oh, yeah, okay. You I want to watch Cocktail. There's a triple. Yeah. <laughs> but, all right. Well, I believe that we are uh, finished with the episode mm-hmm. for this evening. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, join us next week when we will be concluding Kit's uh, long haired Tom Cruise triple feature with the 1999 film Eyes Wide Shut. So I'm very excited to discuss that one with, uh, with the both of you. It's one of Me my too. favorites. Me three.